0: In this gnarly podcast, we discussed psychedelic drugs, caffeine usage, LASIK eye surgery, and self-education, all while Ruben sipped on one of my least favorite drinks.
1: Shameless plug. Make sure to follow our Instagram page. Uh, The at is 321 The Blowing Smoke Show, but I'm sure if you just search The Blowing Smoke Show, you'll probably find it. And wherever you're listening to this right now, whether that's Apple Podcast or on Spotify, make sure to actually hit that follow and that subscribe button so you're always getting updated when we have a new episode. And this episode begins in three, two, one. So, Matt. <clears throat> one sec. I got to take a sip. Oh. Nice, dude. So, Ruben. Uh, how was your morning? Uh, pretty good.
0: I woke up naturally. Um, of course, I threw a couple eye drops in my eyes. I, uh, took a cold shower
1: and then I made a shake and now we're here. Nice. So of course the eye drops are because you just had LASIK yesterday, correct?
0: That's right. I, uh, at LASIK yesterday. They said everything went well, so that's good. Uh, I'm still sort of a little like light sensitive kind of, um, but other than that, uh, yeah. I mean, they said everything went well, and they, you know, shaved up my eyeball. I think the weirdest part of it all was, well, first they had to drug me up, and I yeah. thought I was gonna thought I was gonna become an opioid addict, but I'm not because it, apparently it's uh, Val. It was Valium, and that's not a, an opiate. You said. Well, it's like, I mean... It's like a benzo or something.
1: Yeah, but benzos are... They can be pretty bad, so... Oh, okay. Well, I'll try not to become addicted to that. Honestly, I don't
0: know... No, I won't become addicted to that. Because it wasn't even that cool. It just made me, like, really tired, kind of. And, like, I don't really know why. Well, I don't know what the point of that would be. I mean, they didn't want you moving your eyeballs. No, no, I, no, I know the point of that. I'm saying, like, for the addicts.
1: Oh. Like, oh, I, well, I mean, I, there's different benzos like Xanax and stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I, anyway, I'm not going to become addicted to this one. But all right. So uh, first, they drugged me up, you know, and then um, I we just you know sat there for a while, just kind of waiting. That was honestly most of it. I don't know if you guys know, but like LASIK surgeries, they take like less than five minutes per eye. Damn. So pretty much we were there for probably an hour and a half and you know the first was like a little bit 15 minutes whatever it's kind of getting like checked in and whatnot kind of like making sure you want to go through with it and then uh they i popped the pills and uh sat there for probably 20 or 30 minutes and then they came and they're like all right we're you know ready to go and i was like all right <laughs> so i stumbled through the hallway because i could barely walk oh shit i mean like not not barely but like eh, like i had to hold on to the wall at one point cuz i was like god i don't want to go down um i don't know walk in the operating room there was like two assistants and like the main doctor the main surgeon and then he had like he had somebody shadowing him shadowing him at the time so uh, there's like a pistol of people in there <laughs> and i was like oh my god am i getting open heart surgery i can't tell. right,
1: right, right.
0: uh so then i lay lays me down on the table Ooh. Um, then he's kind of like sort of explaining what they were gonna do and whatever, and start doing it. I you know I go under the little thingy, and they also the actual like laser that they use on you. I think they only did that for about twenty five seconds per eye. I think. Damn. Yeah. So most of it was, um, they had to like lube my eye, well numb my eye first. How uh, how'd they numb it? I think it was a drop they put in. They, they, like, put, some, put a bunch of drops. The amount of drops I had put on my eye in that 10-minute span was a lot, dude. Jesus. Like, it was just, I felt like they were just drugging out my eye, which was good because I didn't really want to feel it being sliced up, you know? Yeah. Right. Um. So, yeah, they did that, and then kind of they used this, like, it, it was kind of like tape, basically, and they, like, taped back my eyelashes so they wouldn't get in the way. And then they put on this, like, I don't really know how to describe it, but it's the thing that holds back your actual, like, eyelids and things from being able to blink. Okay, yeah. And that was probably the weirdest feeling part. Like, it didn't really, it didn't really hurt. It just kind of, like, felt. Have you ever had anything where, I was trying to explain this to my mom, but, like, if you ever had anything where, like, you know, you, say you stub your toe, and it, like, that, like, hurts. Like, that's, like, a pain.
1: Okay, But then yeah.
0: say if you, like, someone, like, this doesn't happen, but say if you, like, something was like digging underneath your fingernail it would almost be a little more of like like a nauseating feeling kind of Mm. like it's like a weird it's like a weird like it wasn't pain it was just kind of like it almost made my stomach kind of like churn a little bit
1: yeah i know what you're saying
0: yeah so it was that that was the feeling of kind of having the like the thing like pulling my eye like open or like the eyelids open but it was just like the first few seconds and then you know i got used to it but That was probably the most weird feeling for sure. And then they, you know, they uh, put a cover over the the other eye while they were, I think did the right eye first. So it was the right eye doing everything. Then they were going under, the doctor would be saying like, you know, uh, like testing and like uh, verified testing, verified as they're like pouring stuff on my eye or like dumping, you know, drops. Like I'm sounding, I'm making it sound probably, I'm sure worse than it is, which is what it felt like. It's like, they're just putting drops on stuff like that. Uh, yeah making sure everything was good they had like do a little bit of like scraping i feel like but like not obviously with like (laughs) i mean like you're working on an eye so it's not like you're just using a butter knife but they're like scraping and i think then lubing things up and then like scraping and kind of lubing like preparing it and then it was kind of like all right laser's gonna go on and then they like kind of lock on the laser onto your eyes with like the goal there, the whole time, there's like this orange light flashing that you're supposed to be staring at. Mm. Um, but sometimes, like I said, they would put on these drops, and that light would just go into like 30 different places. And I, like, I felt like I was tripping on LSDs. I was like, I don't know. Where I I was like, I don't know where I'm supposed to be looking now because. Uh, so I just tried to look forward. They said I did a good job, so it was fine. But I was like trying to look forward. But I think the laser like locks on to like the like centers kind of on your eyes. So like, even if you do move a little bit, like it kind of moves with it. Okay. So it doesn't, you know, so it doesn't fuck up the cuts. Yeah. Um, So yeah. So that was on for like, I think it was like 25 or maybe it was like 26 seconds or something. It was like a custom PRK. That's the other thing. So there's LASIK and then there's PRK. They're actually like two different things. Most people just call it like LASIK. LASIK is where they cut a flap in the side of your eye and like fold it over and then they like do the work from there and then they fold it back over and whatever. And um, where this is more like, they just kind of beam it in straight on kinda. Um, I'm not honestly, like, I don't know if I remember all the like different pros and cons, but it was kind of like I was a younger person with like pretty healthy eyes. So they thought like the PRK would be the better one. And I'm, I didn't really care. They, they both, the end result for both of them is the same, so. Right.
1: Yeah. Uh, Like you said, though, with moving, like, when you're trying to stare at that light, that's honestly, like, what, just in my head, that's what scares me the most. Like, I feel like I would definitely move my eye. Like, I, I would want them to, like, definitely drug up my eye because, oh, my God. Like, imagine if you accidentally, like, looked off to the side and then it just fucked everything up.
0: I honestly, and I think that's, I, so I'm thinking about this as all this is going on, right? In my head, I'm thinking like, you know, it's it's a good thing I'm on the Valium, which is obviously the point, right? Because it kind of just makes you more relaxed, like
1: oh, chill. Right, slows right. your movements,
0: stuff like that. Because my, my heart rate, you know, started to increase a little bit because I'm just kind of like, holy, holy, like, I can't move my, you know what I mean? You're like, I don't want to screw anything up here. So like it was almost starting to like stress you out a little bit, but then the volume obviously helps with keeping you calm.
1: That's good for sure. But I was
0: thinking about it afterward and I was like, you know, if I wasn't on that, like God, I would have been like I feel like I'd have been like freaking out kinda of, almost. But uh yeah, so they did did the laser thing and like I said, I think it kinda tracks so like little movements and stuff, it'll like stay locked on. Yeah. And then uh then they then it was done and they peeled the You know, they took the thing off that was holding my eyelid. Then they peeled off the uh, freaking eyelash thing. That kind of, you know, hurt. It just felt like tape was peeling off your eyelashes. But that was probably the worst pain I ever felt the whole time. And it wasn't even bad. Then they, you know, did the other eye. And that one, honestly, like, each eye probably took a total of about four minutes, I would say. And then other than that, it was just kind of like the little bit of prep they were doing. I was probably in the room for like 15
1: minutes total. Damn, that's... That's a pretty serious uh, like surgery, though. What exactly made you decide that you wanted to do it? Well, uh, I mean, I'm a, I play baseball, and
0: like it wasn't just for that, but uh, hitting in baseball, like, vision is, like, obviously a really big thing for, like, picking up spin and right. things like right. that. And so I kind of had a stigmatism where it was to the point it was kind of bad enough where, like, contacts could never really have get me back to, like, 2020. So basically my whole life, even with contacts, I was seeing at about like 20, 30 or 20, 40, which for anyone, that means like I could see, I could read something at 20 feet that other people could read at like 30 or 40. So right. I was like below average. Um. So I mean, you know, my whole life people ask me if things are clear and I'm kind of like, yeah, they're clear, but like really they're actually, my eyes were bad this whole time because without any aids, my eyes were like 20, 70 or 80 or something like that. Yeah. Um, That's so dog I mean, shit. Oh, yeah, it's bad. And what, what made me really think about it, too, was like I, I would go into the DMV vision test and I could like barely pass the DMV vision test because I think you need 2040 for that. Oh, man. With with my contacts. in, And so I was like, you know, this is something that not even just for baseball. This is something just kind of for life. I'm like, plus now I don't have to, you know, let a little bit of time. of It's kind of an annoyance of like putting contacts in every morning, taking them out. Right. You can't you don't want to fall asleep in them because then you get really dry eyes like. Um so there was there was a lot of factors that went into it, and just also it's just how far this that surgery has come like it's
1: yeah
0: your, your odds of really having anything go wrong are like pretty low, very very low actually so right so oh, I, I did want to add one thing the okay. the weirdest part of the surgery was that I could like smell the like carbon oh, burn off or whatever you call it of my eye when the laser was on I that for that 25 seconds I could like 5 seconds in I could like start to smell like and I was like holy shit that's like my eye like burning off kinda
1: fuck dude
0: yeah it was weird but
1: weird, weird smell I imagine smelling your own eyeball burning
0: basically I, I basically it was like this is kind of the smell of like cooked human probably oh like, shit <laughs> it was kinda weird to think about but Man, I've never smelled cooked human for the record. That's just what I imagined it was.
1: Hey, no judgment. Wait,
0: no, this is a non non cannibalism uh, podcast.
1: That's right. That's right. Um, is your vision a lot better now, or does it take a few days to kind of get into effect?
0: Yeah, so that's the other thing. Um, with regular LASIK surgery, they say it's better like right away, but then you always will have that. It's like very, very rare, but like that freak chance of like having, if you were to get your eye bumped a certain way, that flap could kind of come undone, oh, and, and then you'd have to go in and fix it. Yeah, it's like it's like super rare. Um, where this PRK, it doesn't have that, but it takes about five to seven days for yours. So they said my vision will like right away. I'll see an improvement from like my non-aided vision. So like right now, I'm probably seeing like probably like twenty. 50 or something 20, 20 60 maybe something like that. Okay. Like a little better than my regular. Um, <clears throat> and then they said slowly over the next like five, five to seven days, uh, sometimes longer, but typically five to seven days that I'll be probably to like 2020 or maybe 2015.
1: Then that, that kind of sucks that it takes like seven days for it to go into effect. It kind of leaves you waiting like, Oh shit, like, did it actually work? Like you're kind of freaking out a little bit maybe.
0: Yeah. So, like Sometimes I get a little bit of like, oh man, like, I, you know, I, I, well, it's only been less than a full day. So I'm, well, I'm like, you know, yeah. hopefully, hopefully it's not going to just stay like this. Like hopefully it gets good. But you know, they, like they say, they said that the whole time with the PRK, this is how it works. So, cause it's basically, it was, it's like burning off those, I can't remember what they called it, but the certain like cells kind of on the cornea area of your eye. So that they're they're regenerating over that takes about five to seven days for them to fully kind of regenerate, and that's what happens. Sure.
1: So you yeah, get... it was it was also
0: kind of cool because I think my they let my um my mom actually could watch it. She was on like watching like on a screen, uh, like a little ways away, but you could see like basically she just saw like the outline of like. The, the green part or bluish part of my eye kind of basically like that spherical region or uh, circular region and then she could kind of see what was going on with like the laser and everything when they were scraping and stuff like that
1: damn um but so you're saying you, your vision is going to be as good as or potentially as good as 2015
0: that's what they said yeah probably they they don't i think like they don't usually 2010 would kind of be like you know, maybe some people, but should be, should be 2020. And then could be as good as 2015.
1: That's actually like from 2070 or whatever. That's really impressive, actually. Yeah. It it just makes me think of all
0: like the medical and like scientific improvements there have been like, isn't it crazy that like, yeah, I mean, you could basically take someone who is like sort of a would be a low i wouldn't say non but like a low kind of like functioning adult vision wise and and turn them into like you know like for sure average if not above average like it's your eyesight like it's it's kind of weird to think about
1: but absolutely the technology that we have is we take it for granted definitely i mean look at what we're doing right now on this podcast we're you know thousands of miles apart but yet we're having this conversation and we, we take that for granted every day so Well, and think about before
0: COVID, we, like, we we would have never, I even think as bad as COVID was, and I mean, you know, is however you want to phrase it, but like the amount of improvements we saw technology wise are like insane. Like, I feel like we, you know, it's not like this sort of thing didn't exist, but we never would have like thought to do this before that. Sure. Well, even when we had the one that we were doing in person and then when we, um, like we weren't able to do it in person, we knew about zoom and we were like, oh, we could, but like, we yeah. just figured it would suck. We're like, this is actually like not really bad at all. Other than the fact we can't see each other. So like visual and like facial cues makes it a little harder. But besides that, I mean, it's, it works great in terms of the quality and everything.
1: Yeah. It's really not that bad and a little bit of a side note, I guess, but you're saying like the improvements over COVID and yeah, I mean, for me personally, like just like, you know, not as far as like the society, and the deaths, but actually for me personally, man, COVID was great. Like I have just improved myself. I'm a way better person, Uh, you know, like because COVID, it allowed us so much more time to actually work on things like that. And I feel like a lot of people took advantage of that and really improved themselves you know
0: yeah i agree and there was a kind of a saying of like you know if if you don't if there's something in your life you've always wanted to, to do um as far as like working on yourself or working on like a project uh and you didn't get it done during COVID, then it wasn't a lack it's not because you have a lack of time it's because you have a lack of discipline and i thought that was like it really i'm sure brought reality a lot of people that they didn't get things done that it's like kind of a reality check like yeah it's it's my discipline it's not that i don't have the time you know and if uh if they did get it done then you know they they know that that they it helped them out a lot for future
1: absolutely man absolutely i mean the amount of time like you're saying people definitely a lot of people definitely improved I'll say a lot of people have which is yeah cause
0: I, I would agree with you that you're saying like obviously besides the deaths and the things like that right. of course but it's like uh from an individual level like yeah COVID was great like I got got in the gym a lot you know got a lot of uh side sort of projects I I wanted to do done and everything and obviously we had our first year of college and so that was a little bit of a bummer for me because there was some things we couldn't do with like baseball and stuff like that but um, overall, I think we, for the most part uh, we got back to some fair, pretty normal. I would say by the time we actually had our season, so I mean we got quarantined twice during it, but like besides that,
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it was de- definitely pretty good for me uh, as well. But I did want to kind of go back to the eye thing real quick because so my eyesight actually used to be like twenty fifteen close to twenty ten, like I used to have like pristine eyesight, you know, yeah, and my eyesight isn't bad now, but now it might be say like twenty thirty or something around there, maybe like it's just, it's just a little worse, like it's still good, maybe even twenty twenty I don't know, but it's still good, but it's just not as good as it once was, and it just bothers me. How can you tell that i I just can like um. I just can't see as far. Things are just a little bit more blurry. And then once I get done with this summer, I'm going to go back and, uh, you know, go to the eye doctor there and and uh, have my vision tested and everything. So, but it's
0: I don't know if I
1: would get LASIK or not. Like, I've because I don't really need it as a thing. But at the same time, if I can regain, like, say, 2015 or 2010 vision, I... I would prefer it, but I don't know if it's really worth it because, like, I don't need it, you know?
0: Yeah. I would say then it kind of just comes down to your personal. Well, you also have to be, like, a candidate enough. Like, I don't know if they'd do LASIK on someone. Say you tested at, like, 2020 ish, right? Like, I don't even know if they would do LASIK on you because you already have, like, the quote unquote, like, that's considered, like, perfect vision, right? And anything. It's weird because I'm pretty sure that's considered, like, perfect vision. And, like, anything more than that is, like, just better than perfect like or, like i don't know what that would be but um so yeah I, like i don't know if they would necessarily consider you too but like also if if you could just you know function in society like totally fine you know it would just kind of be a personal preference sort of thing if there wasn't a specific thing you needed it for right like hitting a baseball or something like that
1: right so that's the thing i don't really need it but i can just tell so it just it just slightly bothers me but and actually, I, mean, I heard a, I saw
0: literally as far as I can elaborate on it is the fact that I saw an ad uh, on on TV and it was talking about I can't remember if they were advertising a book or if it was going to be like a 60 minutes or something uh, with doctors talking about the uh, how children's vision has gotten worse due to distance learning and, or kind of the, the effect that distance learning has had on kids' eyes essentially and i think it was talking about how like kind of staring at the screens and that sort of thing has like elongated the the eyeball which is like what i had right so it's a little more not literally the same as a football but like a little instead of a sphere it's a little more football shaped right where, where they have to then like you know go and obviously fix that because your focal point is off right um so and i think that's what astigmatism is is the misshape and area so that was something that was interesting like a side effect of you know distance learning that I never would have thought of obviously like it's it's not even like you know like those secondary effects that you, people don't really think of that aren't necessarily primary
1: ones you know right well I mean the primary ones are pretty bad though as, as far as kids need socialization and you can't take that away from them it's it's just a disservice what we're doing to the younger generation by forcing them to be away from their peers they need to socialize like it's it's so sad especially for just that younger population like they need that to to grow and develop as people like you cannot take socialization away from kids it's it's not right
0: well i i still think back on our uh, senior year and just you know at the time it didn't seem so bad because it was like you know, school, like, didn't, obviously, that was when teachers, you know, were just kind of, really, they were just thrown into it, right? Like, they didn't know how to distance learn or anything. We were all we were all new to it. So, you know, school, I don't think anyone would deny that, like, school got, like, pretty easy, you know what I mean? Like, over Zoom, because no one had ever done it really before.
1: Absolutely, um, yeah.
0: So, it's not really an, it's not a diss on the teachers at all, because it's like, they, when would they have thought they would have had to do that, you know what I mean? But, uh, it, I still think back to that last, our last like week of school, I think it was like a, f- I want to say it was like a Monday when it was like, huh, there was a couple of case- like we were talking, this is, uh, <clears throat> in our, I'll say our English class. Right. And, uh, we were talking about how there's this new thing in China, you know, and like some people are getting it and whatever, it's kind of interesting, but we kind of thought of it like the Ebola thing, right. You know, and nothing that could have been obviously bad, but like. And it, well it was over there but it wasn't as bad over here and uh you know no one really thought a ton of of it and then it was like friday we were like uh you know monday and tuesday are going to be our last two days of school yeah. and then we're gonna and then we're gonna take a two two week break you know and we'll see and everyone's like, all right you know it's just a two week break like whatever at that point we were like ah, it'll just be two weeks you know see see how things are going and then it was next Tuesday. And we, our senior group basically went out to lunch, like skipped lunch and like went out to go, uh, eat lunch together at one of our friends places. Like, you know, about, it was probably like 13 or 14 of us out of our like 19 seniors, you know, cause yeah. we yeah. many. uh, but we went out to eat lunch. Cause it was basically like, yeah, this is probably going to be the last time we're ever in class together. And it was like a, like a, like literally one week from, oh, huh, there's this weird thing in China happening Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, we're probably never going to be in school together again. <laughs> like, it was crazy.
1: It it was crazy. It Yeah, that's what it was. It was crazy. It was
0: sad, too, kind of, like, because I was like, wow, like, this, you know, I remember when we were at his place, like, eating pizza and drinking pop, and it was like, wow, this is literally probably going to be it. Like, it was only officially still two weeks, but we all knew kind of that it was going to be more than that.
1: Yeah, definitely some weird times.
0: Crazy, man, I tell you.
1: But it seems to me that uh, we are going back to normal, at least. Um, I don't know about back home, but on Montana, where I am, in rural Montana, I I haven't really seen somebody wear a mask in weeks. So um... I
0: just saw someone driving a van around with a mask on while they were driving.
1: You got to love when they're driving by themselves in an enclosed vehicle and they still wear the mask. Like, <laughs> come on, man.
0: Yeah, I was kind of like, all right. All right all right I see you yeah, but uh but yeah it's definitely getting more back to normal. I think I'm sure you see more people with masks here than Montana but it's it's definitely getting a lot back to normal. And what's the the global or the United States vaccination rate is like
1: 68% or something like that I think. So yeah, it's definitely definitely getting back to normal which I I think everybody is glad about. So I just hope that this next school year uh most of the schools especially like i was saying those elementary and middle schools like those those younger ages those younger generations they need to get back to school so i really hope that everything opens up 100 percent. so that's definitely my view
0: yeah for sure um okay now i gotta jump onto something we were kind of talking about last i think it was last week a little bit we were having that conversation about uh me drinking coffee and kind of that caffeine
1: yeah yeah in a way yeah,
0: so I was listening to a Joe Rogan episode these last couple of days, and I I can look up who it was really quick. It'll take three seconds. It was with, I think, it was Michael, yep, Michael Pollan, who's like this this guy's very extremely smart, uh, or in the world of like plants and things like that, and um, him and him and Joe were going back and forth and talking about how how to properly kind of use caffeine. Cause basically he was comparing the effects of caffeine to like the effects of like different uh, psychedelics and stuff like that. And other drugs, like obviously caffeine doesn't necessarily give you those psychedelic, whatever, like shrooms, like the effects like that. Exactly.
1: But it's but the, kind of a neutral effect. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But they were talking about how it's, it's more than people kind of think. Oh, right. and basically it was like how to, how to use it properly right because if you just if you just drink a cup of coffee every morning you're eventually the the effects are kind of going to wear off on you and uh this pollen was telling the story of how he took three three months off in kind of like a bet he took three months off of drinking coffee and then his first time back well well, actually in that three months he noticed how like people he'd be on a 6 a.m flight when people didn't get their coffee and they would just look like zombies and he was like he felt good in kind of like good in that way like selfishly good of like wow you know i'm not reliant on that even though he knew darn well that in as soon as he could he was going to get back on it um but then he kind of when he did get back and he had his first cup of coffee in the morning again he said he felt like the, the greatest high he's ever had more than like any other drug he'd ever taken and he'd Damn. taken some, he'd taken some of the hallucinogens like the plant-based drugs for his research on plants right um so yeah he he said it was like the the best one he'd had after three months off but then now he does it just just on saturdays
1: okay so he says
0: when he does it he feels so productive and wants to get things done um and so he said he does it just on saturdays and it reminds it made me think of like how you had said you know maybe just have a cup when you on days you really want to feel productive so i'm thinking i might have to schedule something like you know i'll maybe do it on like mondays and monday and thursday you know some something like that was well, depending on how my schedule is but I, I think i'm i think i'm gonna become a coffee drinker on a certain times enough where i won't build a tolerance um and, it, and i won't lose the effects but then also maybe a couple times a week that i can have extra productive days
1: nice um actually funnily enough i am taking the week off from caffeine because uh, i was drinking it give or take every day because i was using pre-workout so i was like you know I'll just take a week off uh, build back my tolerance and after yeah being off of it for about a week i feel like great like i have so much energy and shit without it so i mean that's good but i'm just wondering yeah how i should implement it if i should do what i was doing before where i would do pre-workout basically you know damn near every workout or should i do it like, this guy's saying where I'd only do it, say, maybe once or twice a week. Is that more sustainable, I guess?
0: I mean, the pre-workout's interesting because, like, I, I've never done pre-workout. So, like, I've always just worked out without it. And I, I do know there's some people who say, like, it's, like, a myth or whatever. Like, it's not a myth. But, like, you don't you don't need it to have a good workout. You don't need it to hit PR. So, like, some guys think they got to get jacked up on pre-workout to try and hit a PR. But they're saying, like, the actual, like, muscular effects of it don't – like, if you if you have a good warm-up, right, and, like, a good meal, like, the night before, say if you're lifting in the morning, like, the pre-workout isn't, like, a steroid, right? It's not going to, like, help you actually physically lift more weight. It'll just well, – I
1: mean, more. it's just – it's a bonus. I mean, it
0: gets you more jacked up to do it, but it doesn't actually help you lift more is what I'm saying, like, on a on – a, for a PR.
1: Right, so you're saying it it does have psychological benefits, but it doesn't have physical benefits, like you're saying.
0: Yeah, basically, were, that's what they meant by pre workout is a myth, and like it doesn't, it's not a steroid that helps you actually lift
1: more, <clears throat> that sort of thing. It does have psychological benefits, you know. Caffeine, of course, like we were saying, it makes you more productive, so it should make you more productive and in, in your workout and lift more and better, I guess, in your workout. So. Yeah. And
0: I can understand that. So, and I think it's, it's difficult for me to say for you because I'm looking at it more of like a cup of coffee versus pre-workout. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they might have different, it's they're both for the caffeine, but I feel like they might have different, uh, I feel like we have a little different goals, right? Like I'm trying to, you might be trying to get that lot of caffeine for that pre-work and that pre-workout for that workout, right? Where I'm kind of trying a cup of coffee every once in a while to have that a productive like full kind of day he said like if you have less it can kind of help you expand it out more for the day where like more caffeine will be like a, a greater high for a shorter period of time and like less is a lesser high for a little longer period of time you get what i'm saying
1: yeah absolutely and i mean i i do the same thing as well like i oftentimes when i study or uh read well mainly more studying i guess but all uh going to a coffee shop and just get a coffee and uh or just make my own coffee on my french press right for that same reason maybe some tea cuz tea does have caffeine kind
0: yeah, of that, that same the thing, thing where it makes you more productive was... he talked about green tea as well that that's what it was green tea is less caffeine and that helps him get a little more a lesser high but a little more uh it lasts pretty much throughout the entire day the other thing i was going to ask you in your experience how long does it take for that caffeine you know hit to take to to
1: um kick in. How long, like, say if I drink it, how long does it take?
0: Yeah, to like kick in for you to kind of feel it.
1: Well, I feel I, like, I, I have
0: no idea. I've never, never done it.
1: Well, I feel like, you know, right away when you first get those few sips, you can almost feel, you know, but I feel like that, that might just be kind of that psychological, like placebo. It, it's gotta be, because there's no way it instantly goes in your bloodstream. You know, it's definitely a placebo right away, but you know after a while you'll begin to feel it you'll definitely know um
0: a half hour 20
1: minutes an hour five ten minutes maybe pretty pretty quickly i mean yeah it's it's relatively quick for sure but got you
0: um all right and then kind of along the same lines of caffeine so what's your thoughts they were talking about too how i think it's oregon already did it i believe um California was is now, like, passing legislation to legalize, might have been, like, all drugs, or, like, decriminalize all drugs. I don't yeah. know how that works with, like, meth and heroin and that stuff. Like, are they, are they legalizing that stuff, too? Because, like, that's terrible for you, man.
1: Well, yeah, so in Oregon, they decriminalized basically all drugs. So it's not necessarily, like, legal. Like, you're not going to be able to go and, like, legally obtain it. But if you get caught with it, say you got caught with a a smaller amount of meth you would only get a i believe it's a maybe like a hundred dollar fine or something and then you have the i don't even think you're forced to i believe you just have the option to go to rehab you might be forced to but i'm not sure but either way if you have meth in oregon you do not go to jail for it or same with, with heroin or Really so the, decrim- drug. the
0: decriminalization is more of like not having pe- not putting people in jail for it. That's what that essentially is. Versus legalization. Basically.
1: I mean, basically, but they're pretty close to the same thing because, I mean, if there's no consequences for something then, well, why wouldn't you do it, right?
0: Yeah, well, and they said in California, this guy said they were, they're selling it kind of as decriminalization, but if you actually read the fine print it's it's more legalization
1: right and yeah it's an interesting topic for sure um i think it's portugal that has decriminalized a very large amount of drugs i'm pretty sure it's that country but i could very well be wrong and i believe I don't know, there's like a few stories about it that i've read where it apparently was quite successful but i'm not really sure it, it kind of brings the begs the question to me at least is what's the, the role of government right that's mm-hmm. really what it comes down to because we all know about prohibition in the 20s right
0: mm-hmm.
1: and everyone knows that that was a complete failure yeah. so you could say the same exact argument like all the arguments that we sh- should know about prohibition you could say that about you know, meth and heroin but at the same time you know should there be a distinction like where does the line uh get drawn I'm, I'm not sure like what's the role of government should the government be to should the government have like a that ethic i guess to say like you know alcohol is bad meth is bad even you know say pornography is it bad so we can ban it or Is that not the role of government in the first place? That's really what it comes down to. It's it's at at least in my head, it kind of goes down to that big versus small government debate almost. But it's a lot more complicated because this issue is going. Murder is
0: bad, you know. Like government has, you know. Well, no,
1: that's different though because the thing about like murder or robbery or rape or anything like that is. It is one person doing harm to another person. Like directly. Spe- spe- yeah, directly. And the thing about, say, you know, alcohol is, well, I could enjoy a glass of whiskey in peace in my own home. But there is the argument that the introduction of alcohol into a society, it isn't necessarily a crime against like me versus you, Matt. Like, I'm going to commit this crime. But it's almost a crime against society in a way because it kind of destabilizes the society and it's not really good for the community in a sense so well, is, think is, of like is that drunk role driving. Of government you what's know, that drunk, drunk driving you're not directly trying to hurt someone but mm.
0: still a lot of negative effects come out of drunk driving that's for sure so i think it's it's interesting though but i can't ever see a time where it's like you know there, there's a a drug co-op up in colorado and they're selling like crack and heroin like i don't see it that'll never be a case will it like i, I don't know like i'm not i'm not
1: what are you asking i'm not really
0: sure. like they're never going to be selling like you can sell marijuana right and, and oh you're working, saying like a they're working rate. on like they're work. yeah they're working on like psychedelics and you know making that those things legalize more the natural ones but like like heroin and meth like th- that'll never be a case for those will it because i mean those are from what I've heard, those are terrible.
1: Right. Well, you're saying you could never see them like actually legalizing it where people can just buy it. Yeah. I, you know, I don't, I don't think they should. I sure fucking hope not. Um, but it's really hard to say because 30 years ago, it was inconceivable that marijuana would have been sold out of a dispensary, you know? Well, yeah,
0: but I think there's always been I agree with you there and I and I agree in the fact that like, you know, I hope not, but it's like, who knows. But also, I feel like they've always known deep down, like, I feel like there's always there's agendas everywhere with like pharmaceutical companies and stuff like that, where I feel like they've always known that marijuana is not as bad as they ever always had always advertised it to be and like, right, told civilians that it was. Um, right. And I think that's what Rogan and, and this pollen were kind of trying to iterate with the uh, psychedelics, especially, too, is that like um, they've had psychedelics like shrooms and things like that have had their place in many cultures, whether it was like uh, indigenous people uh, around the world, stuff like that, that because they're natural, like marijuana, that they they do have a place and like within these cultures, rituals and things like that
1: yeah no absolutely Like psychedelics were basically demonized when in the 1960s and the 1970s we had you know the war on drugs right yeah and they basically shut down a lot of the research like even scientific research on psychedelics which i think that psychedelics have a really big potential in scientific research and things of that nature like, I, I know there's been studies that show that they can use psilocybin mushrooms to help uh, cure people of addictions. Like, they've actually used psilocybin to help people quit smoking cigarettes, for example. Yep. Um, You know, and there's also different, like, almost cognitive benefits. Uh, I know that, yeah, Joe Rogan talks a lot about DMT. And there's actually a few other scientists that have launched on DMT and other psychedelics that, that say it actually kind of opens up parts of your brain that were say previous locked i guess that they're locked and it kind of opens up that new perspective in a way that it can actually be a good thing so there definitely needs to be more research and more just just more yeah more research more people looking at psychedelics and looking for more like scientific benefits you know not necessarily like, oh we're going to go do some shrooms and watch a movie like sure that's cool but i'm more interested in the scientific literature of it you know
0: yeah and they they talked about that war on drugs and how it's a shame now because we don't have the research that exactly that we do say on like marijuana um but and the other thing kind of with you got into there is they said you need when you do these things uh you need to do them with like a purpose right exactly yeah and I think that's something that's honestly interesting to me. Like everyone, wow, well, people that know me you know I'm. I was like the most, you know, like, you know, don't drink in high school. Like don't, you know. And I, I actually still stand by that. But, uh, you know, I, I, was like when I was a little younger, I was like, no, like all drugs are bad. Like I would never do any of them. That sort of thing. Yes. And like I still haven't. But it's interesting to me, the idea of especially like the the microdosing of, um, like the what, what we. I forget the name of it. Is it like the psilocybin, psilocybin, yeah, psilocybin shrooms, like the microdosing of that and how he said there's a lot of studies that should, well, I shouldn't say a lot, but the the studies that have been done have shown that that can actually like increase productivity, give you more creative thoughts and things like that. And I'm kind of like, you know, but but he said, if you overdo it, like then you get into that total trip in state where you're kind of like, you're not really productive at all at that point.
1: You have, yeah, 100%. You, have, you have
0: creative thoughts, but but the productivity is lost. Where 100%. I'm thinking, like you know that if the, like the microdosing idea, it, it's an interesting idea to me. I'll put it that way to say to say the least, it's it's interesting and intriguing for sure.
1: No, it's definitely interesting, and I'm not the most um, read up on this topic, but I definitely want to study it more. Uh, it, it, yeah, the microdosing is really interesting, but like you said, it can be overdone. Like I. I know of certain people who used uh, mushrooms and acid uh, recreationally, and there's a point where you can use it so much that, well, you basically fry your brain, you turn that thing into mush, it's it, it's not good, so that's what we're saying when we should probably do these things with a purpose, and kind of study the, the science, and try to really... Get the benefits out of this and not, yeah, not turn our brains into mush. But yeah, like a lot, a lot of interesting people uh, talk about microdosing and using, yeah, DMT and stuff like that. And I don't know, I, me personally, I would definitely experiment with it. Not at this current moment, but I know, like, like sometime in my life, I would definitely experiment with uh, psychedelics in a controlled state, more to, yeah. I guess, enhance my. Uh, cognition, enhance my, say creativity and stuff like that. Like it, it can kind of almost change personality traits and make people more open in a way. So it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. And I feel like there should definitely be more research on it for sure.
0: And some of the ways they talked about doing it was, uh, there was a couple different theories. One was doing it once, once every three days with the okay. microdose because they say you can kind of actually get the effects a couple days afterward too. And by doing it once every three days, you're less likely to build a tolerance, but you right. can still because it's kind of like a set pattern where the other, the other option was doing it. I think it was three days in a row and then taking a four day break, or maybe it was four days in a row with a three three day break, something like that. Sure. Um, but basically having a schedule, something like that. So it's not just, yeah, you're not just tripping every day. That's not, that's not the point.
1: Right, right. Well, yeah. The point isn't to uh, you know trip out and lose your grasp on reality. It's to enhance your reality, not to lose it.
0: Mm-hmm. And another thing too, Rowan talks about uh, a fair amount in, in different episodes, not just this one, but is how like he. I think he sort of thinks that like it can almost be a gateway to like a different like dement I don't know how to say dimension. Yeah, no. But, yeah, like, a different, I have like, something reality. To say about that because yeah. there's a lot of people he's said that I'll let you go in a second here. There's a lot of people he's said that have like the same they'll they'll hear like see like the same thing or like very you know very similar like variations of the same thing. And how he thinks for sure like that's I'm probably butchering what he thinks, but that's very interesting to say the least and like how that works. Like people never think about that, you know, in like in that way.
1: No, absolutely. Not. I was like, I don't have first-hand experience, but I was listening to, I believe it was on the Lex Friedman podcast with Sam Harris, I believe, um, a couple days ago, and they're talking about this, and there's a difference between DMT, which whats what you're describing, and other psychedelics like um, mushrooms or acid, LSD, so the thing with the mushrooms and the acid, and that... Most of the psychedelics is what they do is they change your, they, they almost change your mind. Like they change your mind in that it changes your perceptions of your surroundings, right? So the difference with DMT is, is instead of changing your state of mind, you almost remain in the same state of mind, but it almost seems as if you travel into a different say dimension or world so yeah there's a difference there the is kind of a special one so like yeah if you do some psilocybin or some acid you'd be more likely to you know see the, the classic is like, oh, they'll look down on the carpet and they'll look at the wall and like the carpet will be like the same pattern on the wall or something. Right? Like they'll see their own mind will be changed in a way that like changes their kind of perceptions, but their internal like mind, it's changed. But the thing with the DMT is, yeah, it's you stay the same, but you travel into a different dimension. A lot of people say and the interesting thing about that like you're saying is a lot of people describe similar experiences a lot of people describe seeing like the same like elves and the same
0: yeah that's what it was like what did he say was it like metal elves or something
1: yes stone elves something like that and a lot of them describe the same things and these are people across the globe that are describing the same exact experiences so it's a very interesting uh phenomenon and that's dmt that you here. said right yeah that's dmt or uh, ayahuasca too which is in south america they actually uh they make like the they actually have the plants they combined in south america to make like this kind of natural form of dmt that's how it originated in those south american tribes but i think you can also get synthetic dmt but um they're essentially the same drug active drug dmt yeah
0: i've heard those tribes aren't as big on the synthetic though. they they prefer the natural
1: absolutely they prefer the natural and one crazy thing about the natural is these tribes so they, they combine like these two plants in a boiling pot or something like that right the insane part about it is these are ancient tribes but yet the plants that they combine originate from parts of south america that are thousands of miles apart how the hell did these ancient tribes know to get these these random plants these two random plants that are a thousand uh, miles apart and then combine them to make this psychedelic that would make them experience... I think it's
0: pretty I think it's pretty obvious what the answer is
1: it's, it's it's just crazy to think about you know there's so much that we don't know
0: it's clearly the aliens man they obviously gave us a uh, DMT so we could travel and to the dimension that they're in and see their world and their life it's clearly
1: aliens there there is a lot of talk about the south american or even the ancient like sumerians and stuff like some of their um i forget the word for them but you know like they carve things into rocks they look just like ufos and things of that nature so it's it's really crazy and how about all this this stuff nowadays i really haven't uh actually done any Real research on it, but isn't there a lot of stuff coming out with UFOs and, uh, like the United States government is coming out with this information? Have you, uh, read about it? Well,
0: it was right before, um, you know, when, when, before Trump left office, he signed, he snuck into one of the COVID bills. It was that they had to release what they knew kind of on, on a UFO, but they're not calling them UFOs anymore. They got a new, it's, it's not unidentified flying object. It's, uh, Aerial aerial phenomenon U, UAP unidentified aerial phenomenon I think is what it is. Oh, um, that's the official term for it now. But uh, so they released a bunch of that stuff and and yeah, there's a there's a I think it's I gotta quote Rogan on this or uh it's is it General or Commander David Fravor? Or Fravor? Yeah
1: yeah 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 if I had... watched that episode.
0: Yeah, is that that's the one where it was like. Something it was like eighty thousand feet above sea level with no heat signature at all and yep. uh, no no visible propulsion system and all of a sudden like wham it was at the at at zero feet above sea level it was just like immediate almost like they were they were bending gravity in a way is what they thought because like they had no heat signature and that sort of thing and he actually had uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson on recently oh really they were and they were talking about that I think you'd be really interested in that episode if you haven't seen it already. Um, Because he's a little more, I wouldn't say he is against the idea, but he's very, much more, much more of a skeptic than Rogan, for sure. Oh, yeah, Um, Rogan,
1: Rogan loves his UFOs.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but uh, it was interesting having, hearing them talk about it, but I mean, it's crazy. There's there's all sorts of, I mean, not just aliens conspiracies, but there's all sorts of conspiracies out there that it's like,
1: will we ever know? (laughs) Yeah, no, that, the David Fravor one is really interesting, like you're saying. I, it was a while ago when I watched it, but if I remember correctly, he, yeah, so he is a Navy pilot, so he's, yeah, he's in this aircraft, and yeah, like you're saying, he has these, all of these, um like, cameras and stuff that can detect heat signatures and thermal imaging and all that, and they notice this tic-tac kind of shape this this little shape floating there looks like a tic-tac and yeah it has no heat signature and it's just sitting there and then all like almost in an instant it instantly accelerates down to sea level and then stops instantly that that defies almost all physics that we know of because think of an airplane right like to stop you have to you know you have to slow down and stop right like you can't just instantly stop and instantly go like nothing yeah, literally like that defies where, physics no,
0: that we defies know.
1: physics like the only way you'd see that is maybe in a video game where it just like something is going and then boom stops like that doesn't exist and the thing i think about that is i don't know if that could even be Manned by humans, or maybe like a biological organism, like it might be a drone or something. But that's like, f- like think Roman about it. Y- yeah, if it stops instantly, like wouldn't whatever is in there die? Because like we can't. That's it's so It'll much g. That's fa- un- Yeah, it's unlimited g forces. Like we can't handle that unless they ha- somehow have a like anti gravity proportion- proportional, but whatever uh, system in the UFO that. That makes it so they don't get affected by those g forces. That could be a possibility where they have their own field of gravity within the craft, so they're not affected by the outside. But I I don't know. It's it's I crazy. Know the I mean... part
0: about that, the part about that whole thing that I thought was the creepiest by far. What was he talked about? How they when when they're doing drills like that, or they see unidentified aerial phenomena like that. They have like I can't remember exactly the the term the military term, but it's like a scramble point that they're yes. going to go to.
1: Yeah, you, yeah, they're going to go back and like kind of regroup. They're going to regroup at, a at the point. scramble point. Yeah, they have like a set destination where they go and regroup when shit hits the fan.
0: And this Tic Tac object, after it went to sea level, went right to that point next.
1: No way, did it actually?
0: Yeah, if you if you go back to the interview, it was that it it. It went from where, like eighty thousand feet to zero, to right where their scramble point was. And they were like, "What the hell?" Like, oh,
1: new, it... yeah, what?
0: Yeah, I, I think that's insane because that's not, a, that's not a coincidence, man. Like, if it is something, like that's not a coincidence. That's... And even if it is, even if it isn't aliens and it's some form of like foreign government, that's still scary because like, how would they? Uh, have that, known?
1: That's even more scary. I'd rather I would say, be I would say even more. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs>
0: Because, like, if it's aliens and they're able, able to do all that stuff, like, if they wanted to wipe us out, man, they, they would have wiped us. If they can do that, they would have wiped us out. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. But And also, while we're on the topic of aliens, this is a viewpoint that, that uh, they, they talk about in the Neil deGrasse Tyson episode that I had never thought of and I thought was really cool. Yeah. What if aliens have no concept of war? Or, like, we always think of them taking us over because... Uh, tyson was talking about because an entire human history what have humans done when they when they find someone you know civilizations have done when they find someone new and outside or they take them over like that's just like how we're wired right but he's like what if what if these maybe they're not even carbon-based life forms what if they're you know plant-based or or well, ai like silicon-based like who knows but like what if that's not how they are engineered you know what i mean like what if they have no concept of that so like why would we we always assume and we always make aliens in the movies bad right and ai bad even but what if these things have no concept of it because that's just how we're like pre-engineered
1: right right i guess never really we always kind of make aliens seem human like you know in like folk stories how we always make the animals act like humans like they talk like people they put them it's it's kind of that yeah i forget the word for that but basically it's that same thing that we do with aliens but you get a good point especially i feel like the easiest to understand at least from my perspective is um is the ai yeah it could be like an ai system that doesn't even have the I guess ability, or maybe doesn't even it doesn't even think about war like as an AI system. I I can kind of understand that, but as far as like a plant based system that wouldn't be carbon, like I I can't even imagine what that would be. So I, I can't comment on that. But that's a really interesting thought. Actually, that's that's great. Were you thinking of like personification? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we do. And actually, it alien. says.
0: Anthropomorphism—it's a form—is the—is the correct term because it's a form of personification. But okay, but yeah, but personification was the word I was thinking of—the—the the more basic
1: one. A- absolutely, um, that's what mm. we do with aliens for sure, and we never yeah, exactly. really think about it because think they're—they could be from a different galaxy, like a different universe, like they're different, they're completely different from us potentially, so yeah why would they necessarily have the same i guess thoughts about war and history? They might not even have the same sense of history and time that we do, so it's kind of we, we can't even really have a concept of that because that's how our entire lives are based so it's time is time is spherical man not not linear. <laughs> what do you mean by that?
0: Oh, you've heard me say this before
1: I have but uh elaborate.
0: So basically i have this theory that has absolutely no scientific backing at all it's just an idea that's like oh it'd be really cool for me to think this way and then it ends up actually being right and i would look smart (laughs) um so i'd like to just say that as the background but i've always had this idea that like what if what if time we all think of time as like linear right but like what if time is actually an outward expanding sphere and that there it could go one of two ways either yeah, it's hard to explain, especially without visual aid. But say, what you know that you know the multiverse theory.
1: Uh, a little bit. Like I, I, I know a basic understanding of it.
0: Basically, like every decision you make splits into a like. If I want to have a cup of coffee and I do or don't, it's like that'll split into a multiverse, one in which I did and one in which I didn't.
1: Yeah. So then, there's but an now just amount times of...
0: that by yeah, times that by literally unlimited so sphere like what's the one shape where we always think of unlimited right it's like a circle right like a sphere like there's limits to everything else but if you have this a a small sphere that's literally you have to think of it as having individual points but really it's like unlimited amount of points
1: okay
0: and outwardly expanding and each one is like a split off of the multiverse so it that's that's the one idea and like
1: oh time time is still sort
0: of time is still sort of linear in that one, because it's moving kind of outward and say, we're just in one of them. Right. But the other idea is maybe that like every person is in a different one because they're all making their, their own, like basically the two theories is, does each person have their own outwardly expanding sphere sphere in which they're on just the one branch that they continually choose with all their decisions and all the other ones are like different versions of themselves yeah like or is there one for like all of like humanity or like all of the universe and that like aliens are on this one you know and like three degrees over we're on one like that that sort of idea where it's one for everyone right and in that case it'd be a little more of like time is is really expanding because if you say like you think of like a sphere getting bigger and bigger If, if you have a line going from left to right right if you want to go from the beginning say the year I mean, we'll just say the year is zero, right? we're at twenty twenty. You have to go back on that line. But if time were an outwardly expanding sphere in this in this thought, and once again, I have literally no scientific basis for this. This is just me like
1: we're blowing late night. smoke.
0: Yeah, this is just me like late night thoughts one night thinking, right? Yeah, if time were an outwardly expanding sphere, and they talk about these wormholes, like these time travels, Let's well say say us and aliens are three degrees off. On a, on a circle right or on, on a sphere but like three uh degrees yeah. you wouldn't have to go all the way back to the origin on the human line and then all the way out to where the aliens are at like a v basically
1: no you could just go right you through. would just
0: cut right across and that's kind of the concept of like these these different like these uh maybe even drugs that like bring you to a new dimension or like wormholes that sort of thing and that's literally the, I just thought about that one night after we watched, remember when we watched that one movie in like sixth grade and everyone had no idea what to think of it. It was like a brain trip, but you and me were like talking for like two hours about what that might've
1: meant. I don't remember the movie, but I remember us talking about it. it
0: we were we were in the band and choir area talking about <laughs> it for like three hours. And I can't remember the movie either. The, the whole concept was that time moved in a circle, but yeah. basically this is like, my idea is like time moves in a, you know, outwardly expanding sphere that will just forever be. And there's just infinite. Yeah. Data points, but
1: no, I, I totally see what you're saying now. I mean, a sphere, not a circle though. Yeah. 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 No, this movie was saying time moved
0: in a circle. My idea is a sphere. Yeah.
1: Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. No, it's, that's a pretty legitimate theory, but when you talk about, does each individual person have their own or is like, a whole humanity have one right the difference that kind of it's a little bit of a different topic but it reminded me of i guess the thought that i've had before where i think it's kind of a fucked up thought to have right but at least from my perspective i can assume that i am a conscious being right that i am myself right like that's what it seems like from my perspective Hmm. but how do I necessarily know that everybody else and everything around me is like that? Like, like, how do I, like, obviously I assume that like, you know, like you have to, but it's just an interesting thought to have. Like, am I really the only conscious being? There's no way of knowing really. I mean,
0: Well, it's not like I can be in your head.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of it's an impossible question to ask and it's it's in that sense it's kind of a stupid question but i thought about it before when you you just you think about how different people think with their like consciousness and and you i guess i think about how like is that person does that person necessarily have like their whole entire say sphere their 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 influence like that or am i the only one really and everybody else is just like they're like, not
0: like what like, if you're not actually a conscious being and you're just in my head talking about that
1: yeah 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 from your perspective right yeah yeah exactly but yeah
0: as i have heard someone talk about that before i don't remember if it was i don't think it was you that i heard talk about that but i have heard someone talk about that before the whole like it might have been Elon, maybe even, um, but, like, talking about that whole just, like, being the only actual conscious one and how would you actually know that.
1: Right, right. It'd be almost like you're, you know, like, for example, in a video game, like, I know that I am touching the buttons and I'm I, and I'm putting the input in, right? But everybody else out there, like, all the NPCs and the, you know, the, the AI, like, they're not pressing the buttons they're just they're they're just there kind of you know
0: they're just reacting to how you
1: yeah exactly so like you could use that almost analogy to, to, to this is what I'm saying right now where like I'm definitely pressing the buttons with my own conscious mind like I am being human but as far as everybody around me I you, you don't necessarily know that I mean obviously you're gonna assume that because if you didn't you'd be fucking insane but it's just an interesting thought that I've had that he just kind of sprung up i guess yeah that's whack and i have heard that before it's a whack but it's yeah that's how, what how it would is ever know well what? yeah i know that's why i say it's, it's, it's kind of a stupid question because you know you know especially if you worry about that type of thing or whatever like you, you'd go insane right like it's less what if, unless what if like the, but it, never mind i was gonna say what
0: if the dmt proves that wrong because other people have that experience but
1: maybe it proves that right because other people are having the same experience i i, I don't know well I, I think this calls for we're gonna have to have a dmt podcast one day huh yeah probably we're gonna have to joe rogan style <laughs> yeah Fuck. oh man definitely man oh, definitely dude, i
0: want to say we're coming up on an hour here but we never even got to talk about the uh we left him on a cliffhanger on episode five
1: we did, we did, but first, first, let me uh, crack one for the boys here.
0: Nice. I guess
1: what that is. Uh, what some sort of like fizzy water? Yep, you got it. Um, I never really. I always hated sparkling waters, but the other day I had one. I had somebody's bubbly, and I'm like this thing ain't bad. So, uh. I actually went and bought some Watermelon Bubblies, and eh, they're okay, right? They're okay. Tried a couple other ones, but dude, I'm telling you, the the Raspberry Ahas, like the brand is AHA Ahas, the Raspberry Ahas are really good, man. Really good. I'll have to try and get my hands on some of them. Yeah, they're really good. This is actually a, a LaCroix Berry, just because I've never had it before, so I was like, yeah, I'll try it, you know, and my first impression isn't bad, but... Was actually I'm not, a, I'm not a big fan of Lacroix personally. Yeah, they de- LaCroix are more carbonated, and they almost have more of an aftertaste. It almost, funnily enough, it kind of reminds me of, like, the carbonation aftertaste. It's almost like a beer, right? So I feel like one thing, it'd definitely be a really good item to have. Like, say if you're not trying to drink alcohol, but you still, like, want to be drinking something at, like, a party or something, just get a fucking case of LaCroix. Like, you could totally drink these in, in replacement for alcohol. Plus, it's so, carbonated,
0: so you can have the burps just like everyone else.
1: Exactly, like fit in, right? So It'll fit right uh, in. If you want to abstain, I, I guess get some Lacroix. But yeah, this thing ain't bad. But uh, kind of a yeah off topic, but I just wanted to crack one because I, I was getting thirsty. So, um, but yeah, last time we did leave him on, I guess a little bit of a cliffhanger. I left him on a clip, a little bit of a cliffhanger. But. I mean, uh, to be honest, I don't really know if our audience, I guess, really cares about this topic, but I mean, I wanted to talk about it, and it's our podcast, so fuck them. So, but <laughs> I wanted to talk about education and self-learning. Like, basically, is going to a four-year university really worth it at this day and age, or is the alternative of self-educating yourself using free, there are some paid, but mainly free online resources, like which one's the better path to take, right? Because I've actually started, because I'm interested in, yeah, like psychology and uh, philosophy and some other topics, right? Um, uh, Russian language, funnily enough, like I'm interested in those topics, right? But at one point, I think to myself, like, I'm really interested in these topics and it would be fucking amazing to go to university and get get educated in these topics, right? Mm-hmm. Same time, I'm like, that's a lot of money. It's not even the, yeah, the money, but mainly I've heard a lot about just how degenerate our univ- like, actual universities have become to the point where... Especially like something like a philosophy, and or even like yeah, the humanities in general, it's become a lot more well,
0: politicized.
1: Like, yes, like propaganda, more than actually educating you. So I feel like at this point, self-education might be more worth it. And then I I also thought to myself too, like, well, I always talk about discipline or whatever, and I'm always working out. Why why don't I have the discipline to self-educate? So I actually have started doing that where on my days off, I'll I'll schedule out like an hour and I'll study uh, psychology or something of of that nature. And there's actually free lectures, like this one lecture is like a free, I don't know if it's Harvard or Yale, I forgot, but it's like free courses, like lectures, they're a bit older, but who cares if the lecture is old, it's on uh, philosophy, like it's about the ancients, you know, like it doesn't matter that the lecture's old, it's like taught in Yale or something, it's high quality education. So it's so it's like, you know, I can get that same knowledge, that same education by myself if I'm disciplined enough. Or is it really worth it to go to the university? But uh, the well, state of the modern university, I, I don't know. So I just wanted to kind of ask you because you know you you're going to a university. I know I'm going to college, but the community college in Ely is more like high school 2.0. To be honest, it's it's not like a university. So I really wanted to ask your opinion on that. I think it's definitely an interesting
0: thought because you know I know like there's the Gary V's of the world who think college is a waste, and like Elon Musk is kind of like for some people it's beneficial because they need it for literally like almost to keep them in line. But for other people, it's just to learn how to do your chores and things like that. I think it all comes down to like hard work and honestly, mainly discipline. Cause like we talk about discipline so much, and it's not like I am the most disciplined person on the planet by any means. But if I really think if you put in hard work and have discipline, like you can honestly do pretty much anything, right? Like, I actually have thought about the self-learning in terms of like martial arts. Like I've always been interested in like Brazilian Jitsu, but there's no um, martial arts spots really, really that close to where I'm at. Um, I think there's one in Breckenridge and I'm sure there's one in Fargo, like when I'm at Crookston or, or Grand Forks, like, but just not like in the town I'm at, you know, I like, kind of have oh, yeah. to drive, but I've I mean, thought about I that. Drive, like,
1: could I I, No, I know. You, but... Yeah,
0: I know. I know you do. And I'm just like, thinking of uh if there was an easier option where i'm thinking of like could i go online and learn like and watch videos on how to do certain techniques with like teachers of like brazilian jiu-jitsu and that sort of thing obviously you wouldn't be able to roll with other people yeah yeah but but could you learn it's the same idea as is could you learn you know math but like could you learn jiu-jitsu or at least the fun the fundamentals of it you know with because i think it all comes down to that i You know there's very extremely complex parts of everything right like you can learn basic math on your own and you can probably learn average to maybe advanced math on your own but like the high 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 up stuff i feel like you it always at least helps to have someone to help guide to help guide you but i think it could work the same though like in jujitsu where like i could learn you know the, the principles and the basics on my own for sure until I get into the, t- the point where I, where I really need a guide of some sort to, to help me do it. So, but also the socialization and the experiences you get in college, I think are, are kind of more, maybe not, I don't know about more than the classes you learn, but are a big part of it too. Just like when we talk about distance learning in, in elementary schools and stuff like that, right? where it's not necessarily the two plus two or the learning how to read, although those are both essential, but it's, it's the socialization, socialization and the other aspects of it that are, that are beneficial. You think of, you think of homeschooling, you know what I mean, too? Like, uh, from an educational perspective, you're, you're learning, like, I, I maybe could have learned more if I was just constantly learning at my own pace, if I had the discipline to keep doing it, you know what I mean? Um, but, but you wouldn't get the, the other benefits that there are of being in a public setting and learning in public and, and, you know, asking questions, having the confidence to ask a question when you might look stupid or something like
1: that, where that you wouldn't have when you're just on your own. Right. Uh, th- there's a couple things that come up. I'd say one, I, I, I think you definitely can get say the fundamentals of like jujitsu or something like that. You can definitely get the fundamentals, but jujitsu and martial arts, those are, Those are pretty hard to do on, like, almost impossible just because it's a physical thing. Like, you actually have to kind of use your body, so I feel like it's a lot harder. But it's definitely doable, like, you know. uh, But I feel like it's a little bit of a different debate when I'm talking about, say, psychology or philosophy. Especially philosophy, because it's it's more of the study of ancient thinkers. Like, I feel like it's something I could definitely do on my own, so... I don't know, and but the, I guess the main reason that this kind of question comes up is I've been listening to a lot of podcasts recently and I've heard a lot of uh, older people and a lot of younger people and they're, you know, the older people definitely, they praise their education, say it was the best thing they've ever done is go to university, right? But there's a lot of younger people on these podcasts who say these things like it was a complete waste of time. Um, none of my classes, none of my teachers really inspired me or they, they were really never engaging. It, it felt more like propaganda of this new social justice philosophy and postmodernism and stuff stuff of that nature versus actually critically thinking about, you know, philosophy and really getting to deep dive into these topics. and. I I don't know, I've just heard a lot about, a lot of negativity about, especially in the humanities in in universities, so.
0: Yeah, and I was going to say that you're kind of talking about the humanities as well, Where, whereas I am a business finance major, right? So there's not really a lot of, there's not nearly as much that you can really politicize with that, you know what I mean? So I, I haven't experienced as much of that, I certainly know it exists. Okay. Um,
1: do you um have any? And I
0: have had some classes with that, but like my primary right, like accounting, like how's a teacher really going to politicize accounting? You know what I mean? Or like personal finance? You know, like macro and microeconomics. That sort of those sort of classes, where it's like I feel like I'm in a major that's not heavily exposed to that. Although I do think there are certainly right. situations and majors uh, that are.
1: Right, well, like, like you're saying, yeah, like business or like any of the STEM fields, it's kind of hard to cover no, even. Them. But even
0: some, even in some sciences, there, there's.
1: Well, that's true. There can be. That is true. But um, do you have any like friends or that in college in any humanities things that, uh, that you know of that have said anything like uh like what I'm getting at?
0: Um, honestly, a lot of my friends are. Also, business majors. Oh, that,
1: that's fair. That's fair.
0: But, but uh, I, I have had personally. I mean, I've had some classes where, like, I don't really want to. I don't really want to necessarily say the exact class, but I've I've had a class or two where it was definitely like in the syllabus. This is what we were going to be talking about at the beginning of the year, and then like that was like part of what we talked about, but the rest of it was like it felt very propaganda ish and and politicized it um yeah quite quite obviously and i think there's a lot of people on campus who also felt that way about
1: those certain classes
0: I'll right put it that way
1: right right and and yeah that's i've had a lot of thoughts about that you know and it's just is going say after ely is going to a university a good path or if i'm really interested in these topics should i just self-learn and uh, educate myself i mean i i have started you know past couple weeks doing this kind of self-education thing so i guess ask me about that in a a few months and, and see how it's going then of course but um yeah
0: i i would say it also depends on because obviously everyone has to make a living, right? In order to function society, you have to have a wage, you have to have a living. So I would say it depends kind of also on how you're going to go about earning that wage or, or making that living. Because if it's something where, if it's something where you don't, you know, if, if you're obviously going into something where you need a four-year degree, then, well, obviously you're going to need to go to a university, right? And I'm not saying that's you, I'm just saying like in general. But if it's something where, you want to like be your own boss in some sort of category. Then it comes down to figuring out a, what you're going to do, how you're going to do it, but then also how you're going to monetize it in order to make that, right make that living. Cause like you said, every, you need to have a living somehow.
1: Absolutely, man. <laughs> That's uh that's a hard question what is your what is your calling what is your career going to be and I, i'm still trying to figure that out myself man so. and
0: you got loads of time like gary v would gary v's quote would say you're young as fuck man if you're in your 20s if you're in your 30s even your 40s you're young as fuck that's what he always says oh no, but i'm just like trying to get ahead up. you know like i'm well, trying
1: yeah. to fucking get my shit figured out so by the time i'm old or older I can have my shit figured out and have a really good life. So that, that's why I've been really like, it's almost every day I think about what the hell I want to do with my life. And it's a fuck of a question. I can't figure it out.
0: Hey, but I, I gotta, I gotta catch you there. I gotta stop you there though. Just to make sure you don't think too much on, I gotta do this and this. Cause you were, cause you gave me a little lecture on the, on the podcast, right? Oh and yeah. I underst- and I understood what you were saying. And I needed to, I needed to kind of uh, check my. Check my privilege. No, I needed to just <laughs> check. I needed to check myself a little bit on what our goals were. Yeah, yeah. So now I'm gonna do the same for you. I get what you're saying. Just like you kind of got what I was saying. Yeah. But you also need to not focus necessarily. Uh, you, you don't need to focus entirely on. The way you said setting yourself up for a good life, like you can uh, enjoy. I definitely
1: see what you're saying. And uh, enjoy
0: the process without focusing on the outcome too. In a way, like I get what you're saying. I'm just gonna. I'm just kind of reminding you of that.
1: No, uh, and I definitely do think that, and that is, I guess, maybe even on say like the daily or weekly basis, it's it's one of my, I guess, a little bit of one of my problems in a way. Uh, I tend to schedule a lot and plan a lot and and think a lot and sometimes i do forget to yeah enjoy the present moment but i definitely become a lot better at that recently like I, i'm definitely good at oh yeah
0: you're an animal man and that's why you're not bad at it by any means but I'll, i just had to just just a no
1: I, I, I absolutely it's kind of that dichotomy that you know i, I that balance it, it's, yeah. it's hard to get that balance right but i mean fu- it's just such a fuck of a question where it's just oh it. it it's the toughest question I've ever been asked: is what What do you want to do? Right? So it's, it's a hard one. It's a hard one.
0: And with all this anti-aging science coming out, I mean, who knows if we're gonna live till our two hundred and forty? Jesus, wouldn't that be something? Then is right? gonna seem really young.
1: Forty is fucking old, man.
0: <laughs> Not to Gary V. To Gary V. is young.
1: But just think about like I don't know in human history though, like for most of human history, we. We're supposed to die when we're 40. But nowadays they think, some people think our life expectancy
0: for people our age will be like 130.
1: I know. It's it's crazy. So Forty,
0: It's not even a 30 year life, man. Like I think about it now, like I'm like barely over 10% of my life is over based on that.
1: But you also got to think too is um, you could die tomorrow in a car well, crash. Well, yeah.
0: You also, that's why you got to live in the present.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly
0: it um I think that's a good I, yeah. I think that's a good motto that sums up all of our podcasts live in the present man
1: uh, yeah, yeah. Our, our podcasts always end up being kind of like philosophical and shit. Uh, one thing I do gotta say about that if anyone's even still listening um which I mean yeah we, we should probably wrap it
0: up fairly quick so we don't scare them off.
1: Yeah, we had a few loyal ones though I, I know, but oh for sure. But, yeah, like, we always kind of end up talking a bit, like, philosophically or a bit deeply and kind of give advice, I guess. Like, the last one was the advice about, like, uh, forget about the outcome, right? And my, my only thing there is I got to say, is, like, dude, I, I don't know shit, okay? I am yeah. I, just having a conversation because I love these topics. I read about these topics. And I, I just love discussing it and i i mean me really deep down i really think that that's amazing advice but i just want to put that out there that i am no i'm not an expert man like i, I don't know shit. Yeah, but we, i we i just love these topics i i love blowing smoke about these topics too and i feel like even if it might be somewhat shitty advice or whatever i mean it's it's probably better than what what most people are uh or what a lot of people are putting out there. So at least it's like positivity is what I'm saying. Right. Exactly. And we're giving it to you for free, man. And that's, but
0: yeah, for sure. I I don't know anything. And uh, at the end of the day, we're just doing this podcast to hopefully help others. Right. But like also just to grow, to grow our own minds and have these, you know, stimulating conversations that hopefully are fairly intellectual and just kind of learning, learning as we go. Like I, I learned a lot. I learned a lot myself. But then also I learned a lot about how much you already knew kind of on some of the topics that I was curious in. And I think if we, if we have some, you know, like, like we taught you and me would talk about business or like uh, investing, that sort of thing. Like I could, I could teach you a lot on that sort of stuff. I, that's what it's all about for me is just learning new things, man.
1: And shit. And uh, like they say, you need to talk to think, right? Like, like talking is a way to think your way through the ultimate
0: form of thinking.
1: Exactly, because you've really got to use your words properly, and and you actually just said earlier, like, you were kind of surprised at some of the topics that I know, right? And shit, I'm actually, like, I was surprised about what I know, like, earlier when we were talking about psychedelics and shit, like, a lot of that information that I knew, I've, I, I read that, like, two years ago. I am amazed that I knew that, right? But I wouldn't have known that if we wouldn't have had this conversation, you know, like, it's why this is beautiful, right? so it's just it's just crazy because like you know like in my current state before we had this podcast i wasn't thinking about psychedelics but all of a sudden it sparked my mind and i just recalled these this information that i read about like two years ago so it's it's amazing in that sense
0: for sure yeah for sure well next podcast uh i think we're, we're gonna have a guest on right
1: yeah so everybody be looking forward we're actually going to start getting guests and hopefully make it a little more interesting and uh you know have have another voice in here and it'll it'll be better
0: i'm thinking yeah i'm thinking too we'll maybe get a few more followers on instagram and then we can start posting stories for topics ideas topic ideas and stuff like that and yeah hopefully we'll just keep growing and having having fun conversations while doing it man it's it's awesome
1: yeah absolutely man i feel like there's a the good point, end it, man. Just saying, yeah, we we don't know shit. We're just blowing smoke. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed. And look forward uh, to the next episode. It's coming in the next couple of days, guys. So just just gotta wait out. You just gotta listen to this one on repeat before you before you get that one. No, I'm kidding. But yeah, everyone have a good rest of your day for sure.
0: Stay hydrated.